This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and part of the Parenting for Faith team. And this is episode four of season three. Today, one of our team, Becky Sedgwick, interviews Ed Drew, who's the director of Faith in Kids. Faith in Kids are fantastic. If you haven't yet used their resources or been to their events or listened to their podcasts, do check that out. We'll pop a link in the show notes. Um, But Becky and Ed have a really interesting conversation about how we decide what books to let our children read, what films to let them watch, Um, How much we expose them to popular culture, really. Uh, What do we prepare them for that? Do we shield them for certain things? What boundaries do we put in place? Um, It starts out with them chatting about Bad Dad by David Williams, but it gets a lot deeper and a lot broader really quickly. So looking forward to that conversation. And then, as usual, we have a question uh, that one of you's asked. This time it's from a teenager who's struggling with unanswered prayer. Now, this came out of the Parenting for Teens course that we ran uh, last year. And there will be a Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith book coming out in October. So if you're thinking, oh, we've got a little bit quiet on that one, it's not too long to wait now if you've got a tween or a teen to get hold of that book. And as usual, there will be a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. But before we go on to all of that, I wanted to invite you to our Bedtime Chats, our Facebook Live event, next week so on the 24th of May Uh, it is a little bit later in the month than usual normally we meet on the 10th Tuesday of the month uh, but we're away at the Forge gathering so 24th of May and we have the wonderful Joanne Gilchrist joining us Uh, Joanne is a writer she's just got a new book out she's produced an app she's a speaker and she's going to be talking to us about understanding the character of God how to help kids go deeper in their understanding So I think that's something we could all do with. So make a note in your diary um, that's on Facebook Live. Come and join in be part of the conversation, adding questions and comments or watch on Catch Up later. Uh, But right now I'm going to hand over to Becky and Ed. I'm here with Ed Drew, the director of Faith in Kids. Ed, do you want to introduce yourself and Faith in Kids? Yeah, Uh, my name is Ed. Uh, I was a children's worker for 12 years for a church in southwest London. And uh, during that time, more and more people were asking, how do you do this thing that you've been doing for a while? And our church saw some growth in families, which is rare, Uh, but less and less it's rare. More and more churches are understanding what it is to welcome families, love families, support families. So Faith in Kids exists to bring parents and churches together in raising children. Uh, how, How can parents know that they are confident Christians, they have it, they know their children well, so they can love them and show them Christ. And how can churches support parents, bring them up to know the Lord? I live in southwest London still. I'm married and I have three children aged between seven and 14. Brilliant. So I've been trawling around your website a little bit, Ed, and it is a complete goldmine. And I came across an article I wasn't expecting, and it was yeah. about a book by David Williams. Now, when I was, uh, you know, my daughter's grown up now, but when she was young, I was quite like, 
I have to say, controlling about what she read. I was like, hmm, books are dangerous things. They have dangerous ideas. I think I will let her have this one. Like, witches were a no-no, except, ironically, for the line of the witch and wardrobe, which we played endlessly in the car. And I was just, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that article, because I think books are very often the first place our children get exposed to kind of popular culture and, you know, popular ideas of what's right and wrong, which may sometimes go against what we're teaching. So do you just want to tell us a little bit about that article and why you wrote it? Yeah, it's um, David Walliams um, is a brilliant author. He's a, he's a funny guy and everything I see of him, he's a lovely man. Uh, and he seems to be the new Roald Dahl. He, he has that place Roald Dahl had when I was growing up, which is when a new David Walliams book comes out, children want to own it within a day. And, and, um, and there was one book that came out called Bad Dad. Uh, and my kids wanted it. We bought it. And um, it's a great story. And it's a lovely story um, about what it is to be an imperfect dad. Uh, and in some ways to be a disappointing dad, which I totally relate to. Uh, the thing that interested me was there were prominent Christians in the story. And this family at the center of the story um, observe what it is to be a churchgoer and what it is to know a vicar. And the, the picture painted of the vicar and the church is really pathetic. You know, the, the vicar is lovely and smiley, but she's nuts. And she she doesn't know how to love a church or grow a church or even pastor a church. And her church is essentially empty. Um, and Christians are therefore painted as jolly, well-meaning, but pathetic. Yeah. And, and look, as a Christian, I understand where this picture comes from. That, that is broadly how some people view the church in this country. Um, but the story, when we read stories, when we watch films with our children, we are sort of enjoying heroes. That's what a really good story, a really good film does, is it immerses you in the story. You see it through the eyes of the hero. So you share that hero's view. And in this book, you share the view of his dad is a bit disappointing, but he loves him. So there's a, a heroic story. And you're for the dad and you're for the child. And when you see through his eyes, pathetic Christians, the normal place to read it is Christians are pathetic. And I see exactly what he means. And, and as Christians, we don't think that. And so I wanted to walk alongside parents and just say, how do we banish the book? Mm -hmm. Do we leave our children to read it and draw their own conclusions or is there something in between, which is we enjoy the story with our children and we make it a chance to talk? And I, I should say, um, we've, we've probably had more negative response to that article than most, which is um, it, it's a valid Christian parenting position to say, I don't want my children to read books that feature pathetic Christians. I, I, and that's OK. I'm, I'm for that parent, too. I get that. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because one of our jobs as parents and carers is to equip our kids to live in this culture, which has all sorts of, of stuff in it, which we may or may not agree with or slanted views of things. So, I mean, what would you say to a parent who said, well, you know, I've read that book, or I've read another book. 
how can I help my child? How can I coach my child through uh, what they're reading and what my view is? I don't want to sound like I'm just banning them or I'm just saying mm. they're wrong. How can I kind of coach them to wrestle with the world through these books? I mean, I'd say if, if people have been listening to your podcasts, they've, they've had great advice on this. I think it's what Parenting for Faith does really well is, is allow children to talk, ask children good questions rather than, I mean, so as children grow up, clearly that conversation changes. For the first three or four years, we might tell them more and we might, we're trying to put down a foundation of truth. So we, we want to show them and tell it, tell them and explain it to them. But, you know, in, in the primary school years, we start saying, what do you think? What, what are churches like that you've been to? Um, what, what is our church leader like? Um, is this story how you see church? In that, in that children, uh, we, we want to give children the chance to process what they say, what they see. But I think, I, I, I do think it's a mistake for any parent to just say, leave your children to their own devices and let's see how it works out in the end. There is a view that children are sort of a blank sheet of paper and they should be totally free to work it out for themselves. And I just want to gently say no child is a blank sheet of paper who gently works it out for themselves. Vo messages, voices are coming at them all the time. They are hearing voices of authority. And if they love David Walliams, they will be hearing him as a voice of authority. So if you love your children, you try to be one of those voices of authority. And as a Christian parent, we want them to know the greatest hero is Christ. He is their greatest hero. To follow him is to have an adventure, is to be a hero. I, you, I, I love what you said about, you know, the children are not a blank sheet. You know, I think the other extreme is to say, I'm going to protect and shield my child from everything that's bad. I remember when my daughter went to nursery, I'm like, there's mega mob books, they feature a witch. And I'm like, specifically said, she may not read those books. And looking back now with the kind of experience and knowledge I have, I might have done that differently and used it as a starting place for a conversation, even at three with, you know, some people like these books, some people don't. This is what we think, you know, and I how, you know, how much should we shield our children from popular culture? I think I'm I'm not I'm not really comfortable with the word shield. I'm not telling you off, Becky. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I think. Um, as parents, we, we want to keep our children safe. Yes. And, and we want to, and we let them out as they learn how to make good decisions. So there is a day coming when our children will decide the books they read, the films they watch. And clearly there is an extreme day coming when they're adults and we might be 300 miles away. So I, I think the job of parenting is to prepare your children for when you are not there. Yes, that's good wisdom. So we, so let's just first of all be clear. The goal of parenting is you do not choose their book and their film. You do not tell them what they can do. That's the goal. The goal is they do it without you um, and you still love them. You still see them. And they might come and ask, you know, I'm still asking my dad questions and I'm an old man and he's even older. So I'm not saying we cut off from them, but that the goal of parenting is our children make great decisions and, and we thank God for that. So 
let, let's know that there is a, a trajectory we are on. And let's be asking our children at a certain time that seems appropriate, what do you want to read this book? I, I would say that since I was a child, um, books aimed at over eights are now regularly on themes like racism, mm -hmm. abortion, murder, um, uh, you know, belittling Christians, belittling other cultures. So I, I do think we want to be aware as parents that the culture, I think, is more aggressively shouting at our children than when we were children. Yeah. So therefore, I think as parents, it would be great to take an interest in these themes and these books Yes. I think it would be a mistake to assume that if if our children's school recommend a book, it it's it's going to be perfect. While also knowing, I do think there are far more books than there were when I was a child. I happen to think Enid Blyton wrote terrible, boring books. Um, <laughs> I, lo I loved Roald Dahl. There are now fifty, a hundred children's authors. I think the array, the diversity, is brilliant. Uh, but it, it's good. It's good to read with them and it's good to ask them at the end of a chapter, what, what happened to the hero? How did it go for him or her? Yeah. And was there anything in it that made you think, I wonder? Yeah. And the story of being a parent is you often, the topic comes up when you least expect it. Yeah. And it's okay to, I don't know, but I'll find out. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and I'm just thinking about books you know, at the moment, there's something on Netflix that my 11-year-old son has heard is the biggest hit ever called, I'm going to get this wrong, Squid Game. Um, oh, yeah. And it is sort of the most violent uh, possible. So we ended up having a conversation with my 11-year-old about how we decide what we watch and, and, and I know what it's about. I think that's part of my job is, is, is as a parent is to know what is culture, where is culture at? But I yeah. don't tend to let him watch it. Uh, and for the moment, I, 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 you know, you know, I think not shielding him means I tell him what it's about. And I yes. tell him why I think it's dangerous and why I don't think he'd enjoy it. But I have to know that when I say you shouldn't watch it, everything in him is saying I must watch it. So yeah. that conversation has to happen in a way that allows me to say to him, what do you think? Does that sound like something you'd like to watch? Yes, because otherwise he'll go around his mate's house That's and, it. and watch it. That's it. Yeah, it's a tricky world we live in. It but is. I think... And I just, I think there's a temptation in parents to believe it's the worst it's ever been. It's the hardest it's ever been. And I just want to say that's that's not true. If If we were, if we were, if we were parents 400 years ago, most of our children wouldn't be alive. That uh, the, the Lord has us. He is shaping our families. He is shaping his world. Culture is not out of control. And Jesus had his head. He's not sat on his throne with his head in his hands thinking, I don't. How did this happen? It, it, he has us. We, it's OK. And that, that is a great note to end on. Ed, thank you very much. Becky, thank you so much and uh, keep doing what Parenting for Faith does so well in encouraging parents.
Rachel Turner is going to answer our question today, uh, which is from the parent of a teenager. Um, another question came in. How do you help a child who lost faith through unanswered prayer? My daughter struggled with something she asked God for that didn't happen. What is the best way to explain this one? I think that's a really good question. And helping our young people deal with disappointment is a really key part of parenting. And uh, sometimes what happens is that we that our young people somehow have narrowed the idea of prayer to, did God do what I asked him to do? Um, as if God is a vending machine. So I asked him to do this thing. He didn't do it. Therefore, he's not real, uh, which is not something that they would ever do with you. I asked my parent to do something. They didn't do it. They don't exist. Uh, that's not a realistic friendship experience or person experience um, because God responds always to what we say, but he responds in a lot of different ways. Sometimes he comforts. Sometimes he gives us a completely alternative ending to what we thought it was going to be. Sometimes he turns it for good. Sometimes he leaves us in the struggle because he's shaping something in us. Uh, there's a lot of things. And so for me, one of the questions is, have you told God about how you feel about that unanswered prayer? Um, it's okay to be disappointed in that and to be angry about that and to ask him what he was doing. And so sometimes it's it's helping that expand. For a child who said, who really sort of just rejected it and doesn't want to talk about it anymore, some of it is, um, is enabling you to go on that journey in front of them uh, or to enable other stories to go around them of people who've been on that journey to say, you know, uh, you know, how are you doing to say, uh, you know, today, honestly, I'm struggling. You know, I was talking to God about this and it didn't happen. And, um, and I'm beginning to think that maybe I just made that the center of my relationship with God. And I, I, I so was focused on that, that I wasn't noticing all the other stuff he was doing. And I don't know, I'm still processing it. And to be able to process it for them in front of them can sometimes help position that as well. And so um, for me, it's, it's about how, if I make everything about if God does what I want him to do, um, that's nothing I see in any scripture of, of how we're to walk with God. Um, it's just the, the most way that I want it to happen. And that can be really frustrating for me and disappointing. And uh, there's lots of ways that people have coped with that in scripture. And as usual, we have a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. Try asking them. Do you think that Jesus felt God didn't always answer his prayers? Do you think that Jesus felt God didn't always answer his prayers? Have a great conversation. We'll be back with another episode next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.